Welcome to the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the main FIBA competitions. I am André and this is my co-host, Diogo Valent. Hi guys, uh, I hope everything is doing okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of our European Hoops podcast. André, let us know what do we have for today. We'll break down FIBA World Cup Group H with Latvia, Canada, France and Lebanon. Are you ready? Yeah, absolutely, man. Let's get it started. Let's start by taking a quick look on the news regarding the World Cup. We had several teams, including Finland, Greece and Spain, announcing their final 12-man roster. To stay updated with these developments and uh, to not miss out on uh, when we release n new episodes, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Itos Euroleague. On the negative news front, Australia have faced some setbacks in their preparation. Jock Lundell will be unable to participate in the tournament. Australia will face a shortage in their front court, potentially requiring them to use players out of their natural positions. While I wouldn't categorize it as a significant blow to their chances during this competition, it does reduce their margin of error. I am also interested to know whether they will proceed with the remaining 12 players on their roster or they might consider calling up someone that has been previously cut. We will make sure to keep you guys updated over on Twitter and here on the podcast. And I take this opportunity to remind you all that we will have episodes every single day of this week from Monday to Thursday until the start of the competition that starts on Friday, 25th of August. If you are new to the podcast, first of all, welcome. And I recommend you to listen to our previews of this World Cup, especially the preview of the Group B when we break down all the competition system. What impact would you say that Lundell's absence will have on Australia prospects during this World Cup? Well, for Australia, I think uh, Landell missing the World Cup, I think it's a big blow because in the past few years, they have lost uh, a lot of their options on the on the front court, uh, namely the, the centers like Andrew Bogut and Aaron Baines. So Landell was like next in line. So... Uh, I think he was going to be the the main option for them um, as the inside man, as the big the big guy. So I think it's going to be a big blow for them because they don't really have another true center in there. Uh, Cooks can help for sure, but uh, I think they're going to be running some small ball lineups a, a lot because they don't really have many options as centers. So I think for sure Landell is going to be a, a big absence for for Australia. We will continue to closely follow all the news related to the World Cup. Now it's time to delve into our analysis of Group H, one of the more competitive groups in the entire competition. It was deemed as the group of that, but with the absence of Kristaps Porzing is for Latvia. This makes Group E, which we have discussed two episodes ago, likely the rightful owner of that designation. It's permitted to discount Latvia. We will be addressing that shortly. To start off, our focus is on Lebanon. This marks their fourth appearance on the World Cup, with their best performance being a 16th place finish in 2002. Given the group that they are in, aiming that high might not be realistic. Nevertheless, let's assess their potential and determine how far they can go during this tournament. Lebanon showcased an impressive performance during the Asian qualifiers, securing a second place finish in Group E ahead of both Jordan and the Philippines. 
This team is led by the veteran Araki and brings the former NBA player Omar Spellman to this competition. Araki is a 6'4 guard who plays for Al Riyadh Club Beirut, known for his playmaking skills and versatility. In his resume, he has a FIBA Asia Cup MVP in 2022 after leading Lebanon to the final of the tournament, trailing behind only Australia and finishing ahead of teams such as New Zealand, China, Japan, and the, the Philippines. Omar Spellman, a 6'9 big man, currently competes in Korea. He played in the NBA from 2018 to 2020 with his versatility and skill sets Spellman's addition it's a valuable asset for this Lebanon roster what makes of these two players such a special pieces for this Lebanon roster well I think starting off with uh, Araki uh, I think he's a, a very good scorer and he can shoot and he can just do a bit of everything like you said he was the, the MVP Uh, back in 2022. He, he's a good defender too uh, at the point guard position. But like you said, he's versatile. He has good size for the guard spot. So I, I think he's going to be able to be their lead playmaker and to run their show. Uh, as far as Omar Spellman, like you said, a former NBA player, uh, I think he's a strong power forward. And in this stage, uh, I think he can play as a center as well for them. So uh, I think he has that type of versatility for this Lebanon team. He's a, a decent rebounder and defender. And like you said, he is also skilled uh, offensively. So I think these two guys are for sure their two best players and I think they're going to lead the way for them. With Araki's short creation ability, the team led by the head coach El Aj thrives in crunch time, in close games, but being close in crunch time against France, Canada and Latvia won't be an easy task with me ranking them to finish this group in fourth place. Their goal is certainly to compete for the Asiatic Olympic slot during this World Cup. They arrived to the tournament in a great momentum during the qualifiers and on the last FIBA Asia Cup, but uh, have been underwhelming during the preparation games that we have been able to watch. I place Lebanon within the bottom eight of my power rankings. They do have a fair shot at uh, competing against potential second-round opponents like uh, Ivory Coast and Iran. Securing victories against these two teams will be crucial for Lebanon's chances to contend for the Asian slot in the Olympics, although it might not be enough. What do you expect to see from Lebanon during this World Cup? Well, this wasn't considered the group of death for, for no reason. I, I think it's going to be very hard for them to, to be able to get a win here. Uh, in the group stage at least uh, I, I predict them to finish fourth in this group and uh, I also have them in my bottom tier uh, in my power rankings uh, hopefully after this stage they can be competitive and get, win some games on the second phase but uh, I, I don't know man I, I think they can be competitive with those bottom tier teams but uh, I think it's like a, a coin flip between those maybe they can get some wins maybe they can't but I think it's going to have I think we're going to have some close games in there. So I think it could be fun to watch. Let's shift our focus to Latvia, who will make their debut on the FIBA World Cup. Their qualification journey was remarkable, culminating in an impressive nine wins and one loss record, the best performance across the entire European continent. This accomplishment is particularly noteworthy, considering that they had a challenging group alongside teams like Serbia, Greece and Turkey. This can be attributed to two crucial factors, the considerable depth of talent among Latvian players and the exceptional leadership of the head coach Luka Banki that was able to implement an effective system where the ball is shared 
with a great movement that capitalizes on the strengths of this roster. The combination of these elements has been instrumental in Latvia's impressive qualification performance. Sterling X bought Bertans brothers Roland Schmitz, Kristaps Porzingis make an impressive starting five to compete with anyone. With players like Tima, Lomas, Schelle, Pasechniks, Grajulis, Javers and Meyeris providing depth and talent, while having on young and talented players such as Bot Kurutz brothers, Zorix, Strautic and Arthur Jagers that adds an exciting dimension to the team's potential. Their untapped upsides contribute to the overall strength of the squad. These players were among the 27 utilized during the qualifiers, collectively helping Latvia to achieve the best record among all the European teams entering the competition. And watch out for Latvia for the Eurobasket that they will be hosting. They certainly have generation of players with a lot of potential and a very strong group on this group of players. The team enters this World Cup with the significant absences of three key players, Janis Sterlniaks, Kristaps Porzingis, Richard Lomas. While Porzingis might be the most prominent name among the three, and he is a piece that elevates the ceiling of this team with his ability to dominate on both sides of the court. Sterlniaks' leadership and playmaking abilities play a vital role within the team's dynamics. Lomas absence is very impactful as he was the second highest scorer and in assists per game during the qualifiers so his absence will be noted as well. Don't count out Latvia just yet as they will certainly be very competitive throughout the entire tournament. The combination of top tier coaching and a roster of talented players that is willing to execute the game plan, play hard and operate as a cohesive unit, positions them to fiercely compete in every game. We can expect the trio of Darius Bertrands, Roland Schmitz and Davis Bertrands to lead the way on the court. And while we can always expect Davis to light up from deep, Darius' experience will play a crucial role in the Latvian backcourt, while Roland Schmitz will need to step up as one of the top weapons of this team. What are your expectations for their performance? Well, uh, I think Roland Schmitz, uh, as we know him from the EuroLeague, he's such a complete player. Uh, can play multiple positions, uh, both on offense and on defense. He can he can do a bit of everything, like literally. Uh, so obviously he's one of our favorites in Euroleague, and I assume he's going to be one of our favorites in the World Cup as well, because he's such a complete player and he can really help whatever team he's on. He he can take them to another level because he just does the little things that not not many players can do. And then Darius Bertans, who is a, a very good shooter, uh, I think it's going to be a big factor for them considering the way they play. Uh, sharing the ball, finding open shooters. And I think they have so many players who are capable of hitting those shots. So I think Darius Bertan is going to be very important for them on that aspect. And I think Latvia as a team should play pretty good consistently. It seems reasonable to predict that they may finish in third place in this competitive group. I anticipate that they will likely have a dominant performance in their matchup against Lebanon, where their depth should allow them to keep the pressure on since early in the game and build up a margin that will allow them to lock the win. In the two other matchups that we will get to later on this episode, they have to be seen as underdogs. 
Shooting is one of the keys for this team with the ability to at times have five players able to spice the floor on the court and that is crucial for their competitiveness and uh, something that they will need to bring in order to make their top tier games competitive. Due to the absence of Sterling X and Lomash, Latvia will rely on young players, specifically Arthur Jagger, Zorix and Arthur Skurut to take on a larger role and contribute with significant minutes in the backcourt alongside Daris Bertans with players like Agers Cella also being on that mix for coach Luca Banki. Their capability to perform consistently and make valuable contributions will be vital for the Latvian team's success during this tournament. Taking into account all of these factors, I currently have Latvia on my 10 to 17 range within my power rankings, with the top 20 being the most likely outcome for this team, but with them having what it takes to, as an underdog in this group, become one of the pleasant surprises for this tournament. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think they're going to finish third uh, in this group. I have them around my top 15 in my power rankings. Uh, I think they can put up uh, a pretty good basketball product like on the court. And I think they're going to be able to be competitive. But uh, with Porzingis not being available, I just think it's going to be so hard for them to be able to overcome teams like Canada and France because those are two teams I'm, I'm very high on. So I think for Latvia, it's going to be really tough to to upset one of them. But uh, as far as the, the third place goes, and then from their range to, from 16 to 24, I think they're going to dominate uh, the, that stage. I think I don't think they're going to lose a game. But uh, unfortunately, they, they fell in a group that is very hard. And especially without their best player, I just think, I mean, it's not fair for them because they would have been a, a very competitive team but uh, yeah, it, it's unfortunate that he's still hurt and he couldn't be available for the World Cup. But uh, I think Latvia can play very good basketball. It's just that I don't think they're going to have enough to, to beat these two teams. Those will certainly be games that will be very hard fought and very hard to win. But uh, they will give their very best to try to compete. They have a good roster, a good team. They are very, very well coached and that showed during the qualifiers. But uh, Canada and France are medal contenders and let's get to them. Next up we turn our attention to Canada a nation with a huge basketball talent level but that unfortunately comes into this World Cup without players as Jamal Murray Andrew Wiggins, Brandon Clark Benedict Maturin and uh, Shadon Sharp. Canada is on their 15 World Cup appearance having as best result the 6th place that they reached twice in 78 and 82. Is this the year that uh, they will improve on that result? They certainly have a chance to do that but we will get to that in just a moment despite the players missing the world cup canada comes into this world cup with seven nba players shay gilgis alexander rj barrett logan's dort dylan brooks nickel alexander walker kelly holinick and uh, dwight powell from those there are two that arise as the key players for this team during this tournament shay and holinick why are those the highlights of this roster well to start off shay uh i think it's hard to argue that uh, outside of Luka Doncic, that is not the best player in the tournament. Uh, I think his ability to shoot the three, the mid-range, to finish at the rim, like he's so shifty, he can nobody can guard him. Obviously, he the change of pace that he has, he the wingspan as far as being able to play defense. In the NBA this season, he had one of the most insane uh, seasons for any guard in history as far as like blocking shots. So I think he's going to be able to be a very good defender in this format as well. Uh, he can do it all on the floor, and especially offensively. 
he is so good. And then to have a big like Kelly Olenek that can shoot and has a high IQ and can make the right plays, can pass. And I think they're going to be very good. And I think Olenek, with his ability to space the floor and to make the right decisions offensively, I think that's going to be high, high key for them. So I think that duo is going to be very elite. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have Jamal Murray, but uh, I think Canada is still going to be very, very good. Canada is a team deep in talent and it comes down to execution and adaptation to the FIBA rules. Shea is virtually unstoppable and the tools that he has shown flashes that he added to his game during these preparation matches like uh, step-back trees just make him even harder to stop. Dwight Powell brings consistency and uh, for me Kelly Olenek is the player that unlocks this team because of his playmaking ability, his ball, ball handling for his position and for his size his ability to stretch the floor is a key complement for Shea and this Canadian team. The big questions are can they rebound and defend well enough to be consistent and will they be able to keep their turnovers in check and adapt to the FIBA game? I expect Canada to be highly competitive team and uh, on sheer talent alone, I have them ranked on my top six. They can compete with any team on this tournament and they are expected to, at the very least, advance into the quarterfinals with upside to um, even higher and to come out of this World Cup with a medal. How does this team matches with Latvia will be one of the determinant factors for this group's outcome that will be the closing game that uh, can unlock the top two spot for one of these two teams and especially for Canada. Shea is a nightmare matchup for Latvia but uh, the more troubling factor is how the Latvian guards will match with the physicality of one-on-one defenders like Dort and Brooks. The team that is able to keep their turnovers in check should have an advantage. For Latvia it will come down to how well they are shooting on that game. They have great ball movement and unselfish basketball allowing them to find open shots that's an area of the game where Latvia can beat this Canadian team but uh, I do expect Canada to move into the next round the games with France and Latvia can turn into very competitive challenges where a less experienced team can struggle on this type of tournaments on the next round they are likely to find Brazil and Spain teams against whom I favor them but again two teams that can give them a run for their money with uh, the American leaping slot being on the table and being on the line and uh, the fight being fierce between United States, Canada, Republic, Dominican and Brazil. I do give uh, Canada a chance to compete for that, but uh, they might have some competition during this uh, tournament. How high are you on this Canadian team? Yeah, I, I'm quite high. I have them in my top five in my power rankings. And uh, I just want to say this is a, a big what if, of course. If Jamal Murray was available, I would have had them top two and not number two. And I know this might be a, a hot take, but uh, the duo of Jamal Murray and Shea would just be, I, I don't know, I think that would be so exciting to watch and, and that would work so perfectly well together. But um, Jamal's not available, so I have them top five. Uh, I think they are a contender to, to win the, the World Cup. Uh, I have them finishing first in the group, actually. Um, I think it's super close between them and France. But uh, I think Canada is going to be over. It's going to be able to to finish uh, over France against Latvia. I think it's a very interesting matchup. But I think Canada's physicality and their ability to to defend at a higher level, in, in my opinion, will be the difference maker in that matchup. 
and against France, I just think that Shea being the best pl player on the floor and Canada having a couple of bigs to, to match up with Rudy Gobert and with Olenek's ability to shoot and take Gobert out of the paint, uh, I think that's going to be very interesting. So uh, I'm going to have Canada number one in this group and I think they can really do big things in this tournament. I also think that they can do big things in this tournament if they can get it all together. But let's then talk about France, the last team left on this Group H that will be playing in Jakarta, Indonesia, with games on the 25, 27 and 29 of August. France is on their ninth World Cup appearance, having as bronze their best finish that they achieved twice in 2014 and 2019. France was one of the first teams to announce their 12-man roster. Unfortunately, they lost Nelikina to injury and replaced him with Cordinier. On the positive side, Lazard was able to recover in time and he's set to play. The core group of Fournier, Decolo, Batum and Gobert have on Yaboselli and Okobo great complementary pieces and in fall and Lazard front court versatility and depth. Besides the aforementioned Cordinier, Silvia Francisco, Otara and Tarpe are the other pieces on this powerful and experienced French roster, which has highlighting as key two usual suspects within this roster, Evan Fournier and Rudy Gobert. Why are these two, once again, as we have seen over and over again, the key players for France to aspire to reach glory during this World Cup? Well, they're obviously the, their two best players and I think uh, one negative factor about this is that over the years, They they've had this nucleus for like five five years, and I think they're missing that third guy to to play at this level. I think guys like Nando Decolo, Okobo, Yabuzela are are pretty good uh, guys to have around these two, but I think they need a, a third guy to be really that consistent piece producing at this higher level. But uh, nonetheless, I think Fournier, of course, an amazing shooter, and he's such a good shot creator in at this FIBA format. So I think he's one of the best bucket getters in the tournament. So I think he's going to continue to do that. And of course, they already know that he is the go-to guy and they play for him and they give him uh, space to be creative and to, to shoot his shots. And that usually works for them. So I think they're going to keep, keep up with that formula. And then Gobert, obviously one of the best rim protectors in the world, uh, a pick and roll threat, a lob threat. Uh, offensively, obviously, we would we would all like to watch him do something more, but uh, he hasn't shown the ability to to do that uh, so far. But uh, I think obviously he's going to be an amazing inside presence in a FIBA format, and without the three, uh, without the defensive three seconds, I think he's going to be a, an amazing force defensively. So I think France obviously is a great team, and these two guys are the biggest reasons for that. They are potential five with uh, players like Fournier, Gobert, Batum, Decolo and uh, Yavosele is an elite <laughs> starting five and then they have Okobo giving them a great spark as a backup guard but while I am very high on their prospects during the competition I also have some questions about this team. Their defense is very dependent on Gobert what certainly is a good problem to have. Gobert is one of the elite defenders and especially within FIBA rules and without the defensive three seconds he can have an even bigger impact on the game but with a backcourt of the call in Fournier with the on-ball defending responsibility falling on Fournier takes away some of his firepower offensively that as you just mentioned 
it's so important for this French team. He is their shot creator. They have tried to address that, bringing Otara into the starting five and Batum off the bench. They certainly have the depth and the pieces to make it work. But are they somewhat short in the margins against the top tier teams? We will find out. But if Batum, the Cole and Fournier, all amazing players to this date, are starting to be on their post prime and while still amazing players are not able to deal with huge loads of minutes, can it become an issue during the later stages of the tournament? France comes into the this competition with a feel-good preparation schedule that I think it was designed on purpose with many games that they are expected to win. And when they faced tougher opponents, they shown some struggles, including a loss to Australia. Now, I am aware that this doesn't mean much. And I still have France as one of my favorites to compete for medals, ranking them as I rank Canada within my top six and projecting them to win this group. And I like that we disagree on that, but let's get into details on why. They have enough creation besides the Cole and Fournier. That's a big question for me. Like how dependent they will be on these two players. Can Okobo take the step that this roster needs? How much can Batum give them? And will their wings be able to perform at the high level that is required for them? I think France will have a good World Cup, but these are questions I will be monitoring closely because I think this can be where France fails during this World Cup. On their matchup with Latvia, they are powerful front court should give Latvia some issues with Gobert and Fall being able to punish them inside. Also, the Latvian backcourt will need to be consistent to match the talent of the Cole Fournier and Okobo, what can be a hard task. The fight for the rebounds and once again the shooting are the keys during this matchup and I'm favoring France. As I said, uh, Latvia is the underdog on both of these matchups against France and Canada. France and Canada, they will meet uh, on the opener on this group on certainly a must-watch game. When analyzing this matchup, it came down to experience for me. That should play a crucial role in an opener like this and in the early stages of the tournament. And that's why I'm giving a slight advantage to France. And that's why I'm I'm projecting them to end in first within this group. But uh, that can also play in favor to, to Canada because the winner of this group, if they move forward from the quarterfinals, they will likely face United States in the semifinals so it might not be a negative and might allow Canada to grow throughout the tournament they certainly won't lose on purple they are not afraid of anyone but uh, it can work on their favor as well Gobert rim protection will also be a challenge in this game with the ability for Canada to finish at the basket against this opponent being crucial and while I don't expect nobody to stop Che Yabosel is very good matchup against Kelly Olenek that uh, as we mentioned when we had highlighted him as one of the key players for Canada. He has a crucial role to keep things together for this Canadian team. Even if the advantage goes to the Canadian in terms of talent, it is as good of a matchup as you could wish for. I don't think they will have Gobert on Kelly. I think Gobert can get away by being put on Powell or whoever else they have, the, the worst shooter that uh, they have on the court, and they will be able to match players like uh, Yabosele or Nolinik. I expect that a more experienced France has the advantage and has the edge to, to start this competition on the very first game against a less experienced Canadian team, and that's why I'm projecting them to finish in first place within this group. Not as much because of talent, but uh, as how I expect things to unroll. Uh, I think France is a contender, uh, obviously, like they have been for the past few years. Uh, for some reason, they are never able to 
to get over the hump, like not only uh, in World Cup competitions or Olympics, but also in Eurobasket, they, they lost to Spain in the final. Uh, I think they are a great team. I think they, they play good basketball and they have good players leading them. But I, I just don't think they have enough to, to really get over the hump and, and get that gold medal. Uh, I think they are contenders for sure because they have the talent for it. But uh, getting a team like Canada, I, I think it's going to be hard for them because France is an older team. And again, like you said, obviously the experience matters a lot. But uh, I think Canada being more available physically and also having more talent, at least in my opinion, I, I think that's going to work for them. And as far as the Gobert matchup, uh, I think that uh, they can get away with not putting him on on Kelly Olenek for sure. But uh, if I were Canada, I would adjust the rotations so that Kelly is my five just to, to get that matchup with Gobert. I think both coaches uh, are going to be very important in that game. Uh, I'm very curious to see how they match up with each other. So I think that's going to be pretty fun. I think France should for sure be aiming at a medal because they have a top five team, obviously. But uh, will they get it? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be pretty hard to, to beat Canada. It's possible, of course, but uh, I would give the advantage to Canada for now. And then it's all about the the second stage and who they face. But uh, I think uh, I think France should go to the quarterfinals, and it's about the path that they get from there until the until the final. Uh, but I think a medal is the realistic goal for sure. This side of the bracket is a very wild one. Both of these teams are very talented. I do agree that uh, Canada has higher level of talent, but uh, on their matchup, it will be a lot about how they are making shots, if they are being able to score from three and uh, unlocking players like Shea. That will certainly be a key for them to be able to compete and to beat France on the, this opener. And that will put them on a very good path to, to compete for this World Cup and it will be a great start. This takes us to the end of another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Make sure you guys have subscribed to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Ethos Euroleague. Tomorrow we bring you our preview of Group A where we have teams such as Italy, Dominican Republic, Philippines and Angola, followed by two special episodes where we project the whole competition, letting you know what games to keep an eye out for and who are the top players of the whole tournament that uh, you should be tracking. My name is André and I'll be seeing you guys soon. Bye guys, see you on next episode.